Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Every once in a blue moon, somebody will come up to me and ask me, Hey, man, I want to do a podcast. I, you've been podcasting for years. How do I get started? What kind of equipment do I need to get to use? Where, where do I get my podcast you know, uh, sponsored? How do I get it hosted, man? And the answer is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now, reading this ad. So it's so simple, guys. If you want to get started, if you want to do your podcast and make money doing it, go to anchor.fm forward slash start. That's anchor.fm forward slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm forward slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. Disjointed Productions. Hey, what's shaking, everybody? Welcome uh, to another episode of the Disjointed Podcast, the podcast about what it takes to go from a nine to five life to one of creativity. <clears throat> and that is me coughing. My name is David Germain. Uh, I am a comic. I am a podcaster. I am an actor from years back. Uh, I am a creative person all around. I'm also an avid gamer. I, actually, you know what? I'm a, I will say I'm a casual gamer. I think if you would have asked me 20 years ago, I was just a hardcore video game uh, aficionado. Now that same love only qualifies as to being just just average, just casual. And that's something that I really had to come to terms with uh, because of the challenge that I did last month. For the month of February, I gave myself the the challenge of no video games, no Facebook on my phone, no games on my phone, uh, nothing to distract me because I'm like I'm gonna I'm gonna take these distractions, I'm gonna cast them aside, so that way I can focus on what I really want to do, which is being more creative, man. That's the person who I want to be. That's that's the direction I want to go. That's how I want to live my life. That's why the reason I even made this whole podcast in the first place, man, is to move forward. So without that distraction in my way, I, I could finally just grow by leaps and bounds. That's what I was hoping for. That That is not what happened. <laughs> what happened was is that I did take some steps forward. I did go to the gym more in February than I had in months past. Not as much as I should have or could have, but more. So that's a positive. The I did write some new bits, uh, some new ideas and things that I want to talk about. Uh, so that's good. That's positive. But not as much as I could have. So what I discovered is what I thought was an obstacle, uh, that distraction... Uh, that was keeping me from being the person that I wanted to be. Like I thought it was, it's like you know, this is more than just a bad habit. Uh, that that was the symptom of the bad habit. That wasn't the actual bad habit itself. 
the habit was me never taking any step forward or rarely. So it wasn't the video games. Granted, they don't help, but it was just basically me not wanting to move forward with my own, with who I wanted to be. And <clears throat> what I've been really, what's kind of threw me for a loop, man, because as the, as the month of February was drawing to a close, I was waiting for this really, really big epiphany to hit me, something really big and profound, you know, and I was so excited, and but then nothing was coming. Nothing was coming. There was no big idea. There was no uh, no big revelation. It was more of just accepting what I had always suspected for the longest time. Is that, no, man, it's not because you have some type of weird bullshit disease. It's not like, you know, that you have this inert frailty or anything like that. No, it's because you're scared to move forward. And that's, that's what that was. And so uh, some of the bits that I actually started working on had to do just with that subject, you know, so that part was pretty good, but this is the part was really scary, man, is that the last night, this Thursday, this past Thursday, the 28th of February, weird stuff was going on inside of my brain. Uh, I went to uh, like a meet and greet for a chamber of commerce out here in Denver and uh, maybe to get some more leads for the job, the sales job that, that, that I'm currently doing. And uh, my wife told me, yeah, you should come down here, see if you make some contacts. And I could not bring myself to talk to anybody, which is weird for me. I'm usually pretty good at talking to strangers. I, uh, all I could see is that they were dressed better than me. They came prepared and you didn't. They're wearing ties, Dave, and you aren't. And it was weird. Like every, uh, and this is probably more than likely, man, this is all in my head, but like every group of people that I saw that were talking, I'm like, hey, maybe I should go and try to get into that conversation and maybe, you know, or just find somebody standing by themselves and I could strike a conversation with that. But all I could see was just territorial stuff, every little territorial cue from other guys that, you know, like, back off, this is my conversation. That's that's really what was going on in my head. And as a result, I just became really apathetic and despondent about the whole thing, like, fuck it, I don't need to be here. <clears throat> And then uh, my wife was talking to, uh, like, an accounting salesperson. I forgot what it was, but it had to do with finance. And she was really enjoying the conversation. And uh, politely, I thought, but at the same time, I kind of had a... I pulled her away from that conversation. And I felt like shit about that. We had talked about it yesterday. And I'm like, I, it was weird. I was feeling jealous, which is a scary emotion for me to feel because... Uh, I am, uh, man, the person I was in my twenties was somebody who was constantly jealous, constantly afraid. Well, I was thinking that everybody is out to completely steal, not only steal my girl, but also, you know, just laugh and ruin everything about my life. And, you know, like, Oh, you piece of shit. Why did you think you deserve to be happy? Oh, you know, and this is the stuff that was bubbling inside me and, I I tried my best not to let that show her to give into it, but I think there was definitely a part of me that did. And uh, I embarrassed myself. I embarrassed my wife through the whole entire process. And that that I wish I could say that was the worst part about it. Uh, it. It wasn't. When I got home, 
Uh, I shaved my beard, so I just I, I since shaved my mustache, but I had just this weird, awkward mustache. Uh, I tried to refinance my car, maybe even get a new car. I was looking at new insurance uh, for my, you know, things that I kind of need to do, but that really, I wasn't doing it from a point of frugalness or, you know, of need or necessity. All I wanted was, was to feel something different than who I was right now. I just wanted to feel like there was something new, that I was able to do something good or something big or profound. And I'm looking in the mirror and I'm seeing that I drastically changed my appearance from having the beard to just the mustache. And what was really freaking me out is that I'm like, dude, this is, this reeks of my 20s and my early 30s. Like doing something drastic, something that I might regret later, which made me really, really kind of needed to have some type of anchor, you know, somebody to tell me that it was going to be okay. Uh, something just basically just some, some emotion, some, some good old fashioned love, something that I really, really needed to, uh, to feel right then. Uh, but, uh, what it, what it was coming out was me being clingy and possessive, which was like me in my early twenties. <laughs> So it was this weird, bizarre time travel thing back in there that was getting kind of triggered by the end of this challenge and all these things that maybe like, was it just coming up or in those particular situations or maybe is that how I've been feeling for a long time, you know? So luckily I had a conversation like yesterday when I was talking to Jenny and I go, you know what? I mean, Getting a different, a better wardrobe, so that way I don't feel so awkward when I come in, uh, in contact with people with money. That's something I could be working towards. You know, there's a baby step in there somewhere. It's not like what you know, either you do or you don't. So that's good, you know. And we talked about a lot of different things. I'm like, what was the next baby step and stuff? And uh, just overall, I felt really, really weak. Really, really weak this week. And that's a feeling that I detest. Uh, I hate it seeing it in myself. I hate it. I, uh, I, I will write people off, um, when I see like posts that I think that are weak online, whether it's, uh, not just physical, but just like emotionally weak, you know, that is something that I've always really had to work against because, you know, I'm in a very, very emotional person. Uh, I, any type of movie and stuff, I tear up in movies all the time. You know, uh, there is, even when I get really, really angry, you know, I could feel my eye, my eyes watering up because I just want to like, everything's just out there. And it's funny because the more emotion that I want to share, the more tears I want to shed, the angrier and more ashamed that I get. It's like this weird, weird, crazy combustion anger engine, you know, that's going on. And that's something that's kind of been coming up more in the forefront in my thought process lately. Now, all this stuff, the reason that I'm talking telling you guys about this is because I found different things to talk about and find like the comedy or the hu- the humanity in this. And I think there's a lot of things that people or especially some other guys will definitely identify with. And one of the things, the reason why, another reason why I'm ta- telling you guys all about these different things is because the, for most of my 20s and 30s, man, for most of my life, all these emotions that I'm telling you about right now, that I'm feeling right now, that I have been feeling for a long time, I thought I was the only person that ever felt that way and that I was alone and that nobody was ever going to understand. 
And it's that feeling, that solitude, that loneliness, that's where a lot of my bad habits and addictions really came from. So not that I think that sharing this is going to make like, well, I'll stop doing crack now. Thanks, Dave. I didn't realize I wasn't alone. Thank you very much. It's not that, guys. But fighting that solitude, that isolationism, you know, that that is super, super important when it comes to really moving forward. Now, through all this whole process, I've really had to double down on my trust that I have for the people around in my life. Especially my wife. And I say that because there's a part of me that always thinks that at some point she's like, wait a second, I thought you were this strong, creative person that can handle anything. You're just a little freaking whiny bitch. That's it. I'm out of here. There's there's a part of me that's always waiting for the floor to drop out from underneath me. And uh, I say that with gratitude in my heart, but also knowing that if I keep feeding into that fear that eventually I will ruin everything. So it's kind of, I don't know, it was like a weird, bizarre Indiana Jones and, uh, uh, you know, weird temple trap or some spikes or, you know, like you're damned if you do, if you're damned if you don't, no matter what, you just kind of have to go through it. So that that is, well, let's just say this. When it came to the whole February challenge, I think I got what I needed out of it, just not anything that I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was really, really, really hoping that I was going to rise to the occasion and do far out uh, perform my expectations of my own personal character and determination and will. And that's not what happened. But, you know, what what did happen is that I got to see some holes in my game. I got to see all the things that I would plug, all the, the thoughts and fears and, and worries that I plugged up with just distraction of either video games or just social media, really. Uh, I got to see what those holes were really filling, you know, so that's good. That's good. That's something to work towards. That's something that I could actually get something out of. I, I, I don't know if anybody, I'm, I don't, I don't think I'm going to do this again for another year, at least as far as the video game challenge. Uh, but next time I do, man, it, if anybody else wants to get on that, we'll make a game out of it. We'll do something, but we'll try to find a way to make it uh, fun. But really what it came down to is really issuing a challenge for, for oneself and sticking with it. So in that respect, I actually, uh, I, I should be happy about myself. It's just, everything else is just kind of, uh, overshadowing that. When it's weird, there is, uh, a, on a slightly different subject, guys, I, I've been thinking a lot about my dad. My dad's birthday comes up at the end of this week. He was born on March 8th. Uh, that's what that would have been his birthday. A couple of close friends of mine, somebody really close to my life, her birthday is also on the eighth. You know, uh, it's funny because my wife's birthday is on the eighteenth, so just both Pisces, I guess. But the interesting thing about, like, I had some conversations about my dad with my sister, and it's always kind of weird talking about my dad with my sister because. I think we have uh, different perceptions or different memories of the man, you know, and which isn't a bad thing. It just really got me thinking is that that isn't it strange that I don't know if the memories we have of people are the ones that we need from them or the ones that were actually there, like who they were as a person and which one matters more. I mean, you would like to decide with truth and how that person really, really is or was. 
uh, that's what's important. But if you got different lessons from the way that you remembered them, isn't that important as well? I'm not quite sure. You know, I'm sure there's an extreme example of it to really disprove all of that, but that's, that's really not what I'm talking about right now. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's... My cat is really weird right now. Sorry, she's doing weird shit. Man, there's there's a there was an interesting story that popped up about my dad, my dad, my dad, dad. Bear with you guys right now, but until uh, we get some more information on it, uh, I really, I really don't want to uh, um, say something that I'm going to have to take back later. You know, uh, there could be something that's really, really exciting and really, really amazing and wonderful. And if it doesn't turn out that way. Um, I, I just don't want to break anybody's heart for the folks who were involved, but it's weird. What the, the whole conversation started with about our, my, our dad as, as a young man, uh, being the age of 26, 27 and really, you know, the type of person he was back then. And I was joking with my sister. I'm like, it's kind of weird to think about dad, you know, in his twenties, just freaking sweet, uh, like slinging dick. <laughs> In uh, in Vegas or Reno or wherever, and just as like a freaking super, because uh, my dad was a very attractive man, and when he's pretty much, I'm sure when he was a young man, he didn't have any problem meeting ladies. He just he was a very charming dude. He had a very sexy voice. Reminds me a lot of me. I know, right? <laughs> but it was funny because my sister was like, I don't, I don't see, I don't think he would have been like that at all. I don't see him like that, which is totally fair, but. Maybe the way that I ever, or I want to remember him because I always remember him being so sad uh, growing up. Like not to say that he never laughed and that he never had a good time or that he never smiled. It wasn't that, but there was always a sadness about him that maybe it's just because that's there's a sadness about me and that's what I identify with him, you know? Uh, my sister is a bit more introverted, and so she kind of sees dad as being more shy and introverted as well. And I, I think the the truth about him is somewhere in between. And it's kind of a bummer because, you know, he passed away when we were very young. I was 12. My sister was 11, I believe. So right at that really, really critical time of, uh, especially for me, you know, because I'm going, I'm, at that age, I'm going through puberty. <clears throat> I, uh, I have the emotional... Uh, I don't know if acumen's the best word to use it. I'm a, I'm a pretty good amalgamation between both my mother and my father. You know, I have like an equal amount of both characteris- characteristics and stuff. And uh, basically, I was a boy given the keys to an emotional Ferrari with like 450 horsepower <laughs> that I had no way of controlling. And when you're a young man, one of the things that really really helps out is having having a dad there to kind of rein you in, you know, and unfortunately that wasn't, uh, that wasn't in the cards for us. Now, granted, and this is a weird thing to say, but 
I think being out of control, being that overly emotional, that person that I was, it really added and lent to the uh, my creativity as I got older. I understand that doesn't work out for everybody, but I think that's one of the reasons that, you know, like my sister decided, uh, I think, to really not give into that, try to be more reserved and, uh, and, and try to handle things more internally, kind of like dad did. And uh, me, I was like, nope, I'm going to let everybody know exactly how pissed off and angry and all this other shit that, you know, that I am. So in that time when I, when you don't have that guidance, uh, the memory of my father became so important to me. Like I cared more about the memory of my father than I do pretty much about the memory of anybody else living or dead, you know, because that pain, that hurt became so instrumental and uh, fundamental of the person who I grew up with. And I heard something like Dr. Phil, (laughs) who he said two things, one stop. And the other thing (laughs) that he was talking about is a type of truth that, that you see because of your own experience in life, but that doesn't necessarily have to translate to everybody else. Like he was talking about how his dad was a very angry drunk and alcoholic and stuff. So when he's in class and working, you know, at school, seeing people sitting next to him, you know, with like loving parents with uh, who had like a happy marriage, a father that wasn't an alcoholic that didn't uh, didn't wasn't beating the crap out of him and stuff. The way that he saw it, he said, "Man, you guys don't really know the truth. You know, you don't know what life really is." I'm like, no, they didn't know what his life really was. And just like the way that I used to be so freaking angry and jealous and envious of my friends who actually had both their parents in their lives, you know, I, I, to me, I, I, that was something I recognized what Dr. Phil was talking about. I'm like, yeah, that's <clears throat> that kind of locked uh, my perception of the world in a specific way. And uh, since listening to that interview, I've really, really tried to make it a point to learn more about different people and their experiences and try not to be so judgmental at the same time, making fun of all the people that definitely are judgmental of, uh, and refuse to see what somebody else's living experience was, you know, this is less, uh, not to, well, I guess I, I might get political about this. There was a celebrity Somebody that I really, really liked, and they put up a tweet, and it had to do with, uh, I think this was around the Gillette ad era, or it could have been maybe a week or two prior, but just like, I'm so tired of guys talking about their, you know, using the women or the negative experiences they grew up with as an excuse to to treat the women, you know, to, to behave in the way that they do. And it, it was something to that effect, and... I wasn't going to respond to it because I just saw the shit storm that was, that was uh, piling around it. Uh, and I'm like, wow, thank you for dismissing anything that happened in my, my childhood because it doesn't fit your narrative. And, uh, I knew it was a, this moment was significant to me because now I, because that thing angered me so much, I have to be really, really vigilant to make sure that I don't do the same thing to somebody else. Cause I'm almost positive that I'm going to do that at some point, you know, and, uh, that's not good, but that's all part of the emotional process. One of the bits I'm really, really looking forward to working out, uh, has to do with, uh, with crying. 
and I still got to write it out more, and I actually got to hit it up on some mics and stuff. I might even record it and then put it on uh, an episode of a, of the pod, of an upcoming podcast. I know uh, Ty Rivera was doing that with some of his sets and stuff. If it was something interesting or good, um, I don't know if I'm going to do it. But if you're a guy crying sucks, it really, really sucks. It's one of those things. It's, and I, I think this comes from. Uh, a primal DNA source, you know, like, uh, because it has to do with survival. Uh, most people, when they cry, they're loud, you know, they can't breathe well. So there's a, there's a, there's a level of, um, of vulnerability with that, right? If it was a couple thousand years ago and it's just you and I, whoever's listening to this podcast right now, we're on the front line defending the or ready to defend the village from an invading tribe or whatnot and it's scary as shit and you look to your left and you see me having an emotional moment and crying and talking about my feelings you're probably going to be like holy shit we're all going to die you know what i mean so it would make sense that you would want to have people in that tribe that aren't so emotional or aren't emotional at all you know, so maybe I don't know if that's where the survival thing comes from, but uh, I never saw my dad cry. I've heard stories about it, uh, which is completely unlike me. I, I cry, like I said, all the time, and I always hate it every single time that I do, even with my loved ones say it's okay. Like, it's bizarre because I don't. I, I always try to equate, you know, like my dad is the uh, is the benchmark of what I think masculinity should be, right? I think no matter what, like that's what it should, I, I should always be trying to strive towards. And every time that I do get emotional, I get the emotions, uh, get the better of me, I feel I get farther and farther away from that. But it's weird because I've never actually seen him cry, but my sister has. So has my mom. He was a very, very good, you know, loving, emotional, I mean, you know, feeling person. But it's weird. Like, I think when he was sick and he was in the hospital and uh, I wasn't there because I was doing something else that weekend. I don't know if it was something school related. I was hanging out with my friends. Uh, Anything to kind of get away from the impending doom of watching somebody that I cared about die. Which is fucking tough. But... There came a point where all hope was gone with him. That he knew no matter what that he wasn't getting out of this whole sickness alive. And he knew that he was getting towards the end. And he was going to have to say goodbye to everybody. And he finally broke. Like any person would. And he was crying and I think my mom was there. I, I heard about this secondhand. That my, my sister was there. And he, was allowed, he allowed himself to be vulnerable you know, in front of the people that he cares about. Like I said, I wasn't there. But I remember the last day, the last day that I saw him. And folks who know this, who have like a terminal illness and who've been in a weakened state, there's this weird thing that happens, not with everybody, but uh, it seems like they're turning a corner, like they're getting better, 
Like, I remember my dad wheezing all the time because of his lungs were so weak and his heart was so weak, but he wasn't wheezing or anything. He was getting up, moving around like he was happy. And it had been like over a year and a half since I seen this guy smile or say anything that was positive. Normally, he was just a very negative person that entire, that last year or so. So, he knew it was the last time he was going to ever see me. And I'm sure it was a very emotional time for him. I'm sure there was a part of him that really, really, I mean, if there was a time to reach out and say, you know, I love you, son, uh, that would have been it. Which he did say that. At least I think he did. I can't remember the actual words, but all I remember of the mass memory that I have of him is that uh, before he gets gets on the truck uh, to go to Mexico, he looks at me, you know, with a smile, and he says, uh, "Look after your mother for me. I'll be back." But that look that he had in his eye was like everything was going to be okay. It's it's okay. Like he was at peace with it, but he didn't cry. And I really fucking love him for that. I do. That was an amazing gift that he gave me. Now, like I said, I'm getting teary right now even just talking about this. This has been over, what, 20, 30 years or something like that? I still get emotional talking about this, and I'm glad that I do. I'll be very scared for the day when I don't. But he set the bar. And what I had to discover with my own life is that when it comes to not crying or not showing emotion, I am not as strong as my father is. But when it came to taking chances, following my heart, following my dreams, uh, constantly trying to improve or even improving in general about anything, uh, to really be in touch, like I could say that I was pro- I could share my emotions in a way that my father never could. And the reason why I could do that is because he set a bar for me. Maybe not to do the exact same thing, but he set that bar. And that's something that I, I that I cherish cherish with me to this day. Like like who wouldn't, right? I think we all would. So I've been I've been remembering that, taking a moment to uh, to be glad for the things that I had in my life as opposed to the things that we lost. And I don't know if I would have been able, if this, this March 8th would have blown right past me had I not put myself through this challenge, had I not really opened up uh, and saw the chinks in the armor that, uh, that, you know, that I call my own psyche, that I realized that I have a lot more work to do, that I am not as strong as I thought. This was like the equivalent of sparring for the first time, but with your own, you know, ideas, thoughts about oneself, you know, and then getting punched in the face. And then realizing that you're not as quick or as fast as you really, really hoped you were, you know, which is another bit that I'm going to be working out pretty soon. So there's a lot of great stuff that was going on there. I wanted to give you guys a heads up and just let you know all the things that, about the challenge. I know I do have some shows coming up in April, which <coughs> I still got to get more info on that. I got to really hit up Jacob Bourbon. He's one of the. One of the comics and one of the showrunners up in Fort Collins, man. And one of the things that's so amazing. Well, I don't say amazing. I'm starting to sound like an actor again. One of the things that I appreciate about them is that he sees something in my work 
that he appreciates and gives me an opportunity to really knock things out of the park. So thanks very much, Mr. Erdman. Uh, You are appreciated. And I think that's all I want to say for right now, guys. Uh, I'm not sure who the guest is going to be next week, but we'll work on work work on we'll we'll have a happier episode. I can tell you that much. I don't know if it's going to be as real, man, but it's definitely uh, I don't know. It's going to be a disjointed podcast. And folks of uh, who who know me, you know what to expect now. So thank you so much. Uh, I hope you guys have a wonderful week, and I love most of you. All right. <laughs> Have a great week, guys. Bye. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.